Balenciaga and the Commonwealth Games, two things that are completely unrelated, but have everything in common. What's going on, everybody? This is Luke McIntyre. Welcome to Vertical Discourse. Um, look, y'all, I, I am so like on edge right now. I'm so hot and I ain't even had my coffee yet. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, so let's just go ahead and get into it. So uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is Balenciaga. Now, to be completely honest, I don't claim to be the person that tries to follow everything that's going on in the media. I'm actually trying to distance how much time I spend on social media, uh, like Instagram, YouTube, not on TikTok, that type of thing. So I'm always, I don't know why, but I'm always shocked when I get back on social media and see some of the things that are trending. So I get up and I see that Balenciaga has come under fire. And rightfully so for um, their newest campaign for, I guess, children's clothing or something like that. I don't know what it is completely. But basically what you see is um, this photographer took pictures of these kids wearing these all, all black clothes, whatever, in this very chaotic room. You know, crayons on the wall, toys on the floor, um, a whole bunch of black stuff going on. This chair has been wrapped in caution tape, just very chaotic. Right. And at first glance, it's just like. Okay, that's it's cool. It's edgy. Like, what the heck? It's not really that bad. But when you look closer and see some of the things like so uh, the kids, they're actually holding these teddy bears. And at a first glance, it just looks like they're just dressed in punk clothing. First of all, these teddy bears are the most hideous. I mean, they, they just look like straight up demons. I mean, their eyes are two different colors. They're slanted, not at the same angle like cat slash snake eyes. They're, they're just completely hideous. Um, and they're wearing this punk outfit of some kind but when you look at it it's like hold up this isn't that's not a punk outfit that's bdsm right they're wearing collars they're wearing chains right it's just like this this whole um sexual bondage thing that's attached to it and it's catered towards kids right and so that's that's what they come under fire for also in one of the pictures um there were supreme court documents used uh, about child abuse uh, right. That that was part of this artistic expression. Are you serious? You're using Supreme Court documents about child abuse as part of your artistic expression. That's not artistic. That's demented. That's deranged. And th th and those are the best words I can come up with right now. Right. But this this is the thing that was interesting to me. So when you look at. um so, first of all, a couple of names that have been affiliated with Balenciaga in the recent weeks, months, years um, that have also resurfaced for either being a part of Balenciaga or having their ties with Balenciaga broken. So one, Kanye West, big surprise, um, because he's he's talked a quite a bit at length about Balenciaga recently. Kim Kardashian, who allegedly is breaking her ties with Balenciaga, um, don't know how big that is. But recently, um Kim Kardashian, I guess when I was looking up this caution tape thing, she wore an outfit in which she was dressed in all um, all caution tape from like neck to to ankles, whatever the case was. So this chair in the picture was also dressed completely in caution tape. But on the floor near the wall at the kid's feet, you see this unused roll of Balenciaga caution tape. But Balenciaga is misspelled instead of one A, B, A, L. There's two A's, B-A-A-L, which spells Baal in Siaga. And it's very intentional. You can't 
Now, now I know some people be like, well, maybe they were using the tape and then they cut it. And then it just happened that the A from a roll that didn't get used and the A where they cut it, they just lined up. So it looked like bow. No, there was no cut. And even if there was, do you know how, do you know the chances, the odds of it lining up so symmetrically perfect for it to look flawless? There's no way. So there was a lot of thought and intention put into making this role of Balenciaga caution tape say the word bow. Right now, um, for those who don't know who bow is, I, I want to take some time to talk about that. So bow was a some uh, Mesopotamian. That's not a word. Bow was a Mesopotamian God um, who really um, was a God in a whole lot of different uh uh, pantheons in in the east right so you've got mesopotamian you've got uh sumerian right you've got akkadian you've got uh i believe syrian i could be wrong about that one but you definitely have babylonian right and so there's first order second order and third order or third degree gods that you see and further down the pantheon you either have gilgamesh or you have marduk and we'll talk about them some other time but you always see some version of bow bow meaning lord or master or king right in most instances in the Bible, it's referred to as Lord. So a lot of times when you see the word bell, you really go into language because the, the further back in time you go, um, names and definitions tend to, to run a whole lot more synonymously. So it's a little bit harder and tricky to get through wording. So bow does refer to one individual or the highest entity, but it can also balim or balim can refer to a group of deities or a group of gods, right? The same way when you look at, um, when you look at, uh, Sumerian mythology, you had the Anunnaki who were the gods, but at the top of the, um, the, their pantheon, you had Anu, right? Who, so who was like the sky God. So both of them have the name Anu in them. Also, you, let, let me get away from that. That'll be a whole nother episode too. So you've got Bel. Now you had Bel Hadad, who was the god of storms, right? You had Bel Peor, who in the Bible was the god um, who caused the children of Israel to stumble when they were supposed to be following Moses through the wilderness to get to the promised land. You've got all these individual Bells, right? But but Bel, like capital B over the entire thing, he was known as the Lord of Fertility. He was known as the Destroyer. He was known as the Great God. Right. By and large, he was known as the possessor. So why is this important? And I, I don't want to bleed over into my next topic, but I feel like we're already here. So who was Bell? Um, when you go back to Sumerian mythology, actually, when you go, just go back to the very beginning and I'm just going to go back through the biblical story. So when you look at Genesis. Right. And you look at Genesis 11 when they're building the Tower of Babel. Right. So. I know in the Bible, it says that the word Babel means confusion. And that's that's great. It's the Bible. I'm not going to argue with that. But one thing that you have to understand that is that the definition of a word is subject to the nature of the thing that it is, it is describing. Right. I'm going to say that again. The 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 definition of a word is subject to the nature of the thing that it is describing. Right. So, for instance, Babel, when all the languages got confused at this tower that they were trying to build, God sees what they're trying to build. They're trying to build this tower um, to the heavens. And God says, you know, nothing will be off limits for them. So let's us go down and confound their language. He goes down. The languages are sp split. And now it's called Babel, which is known to mean confusion. OK, that's all fine and good. Babel is known to be confusing, confusion, whether you're talking about 
someone's babbling and it's just confusing, uh, confusing whether you're talking about someone um, there. There's this there's this uh, website or search engine called Babel, which translates languages from one to another. So people across the world can understand each other, which is great and scary to some degree at the same time. But I was looking at the word Babel and I recognized the word L means God. So Bab L actually translates to gate of God or gate to God, which is interesting because as they're building this tower, it, first of all, the tower was a Sumerian temple, right? I can't remember which God it was supposed to be for, but they're building this, 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 this temple and the temple itself is a gate, right? And what happens with a gate? A gate opens and closes, meaning that it allows something or someone to possess it, right? Think about your own door. Think about your window, whether you're trying to let in wind or bugs or insects, whatever the case may be. Something good can come in, but something bad can come in as well, depending on what the one, what, what the intent of opening it is for. And two, whether or not that gate is being guarded properly. Right. Like if, it, if it's a clear summer day and I open a window, right, just to let in the breeze, that's all fine and good. But if I'm not guarding that thing, right, there's no telling what else could come through, um, through that gate. So when they're building this tower of Babel, it's with the intention of being possessed or it says they're trying to build this gateway to God or a portal to have access to God. They don't say which one, but we know that they're not talking about the God of the Bible if it wasn't pleasing to him. First of all, he told them to disperse across the face of the earth, but instead they're trying to come together, you know, in the face of God. God squashes all of that. Right. So the God that they are actually trying to appease is one of the bowels, right? Now, why is this important? Not just the fact that Balenciaga is obviously doing a head nod in their fashion to this Mesopotamian God. Let's go ahead and talk about the Commonwealth Games. Now, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. I'd never, I'd never heard of the Commonwealth Games until this year. But apparently the Commonwealth Games is the biggest game in the world aside from the Olympics. All right. And that's a big deal. Obviously, everybody's heard of the Olympics. Um, if you haven't heard of the Olympics, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, go find another podcast. No, don't do that. Stay. Stay. Anyway, um, so the Commonwealth Games, as far as I understand, um, is, is just this big uh, ton of nations that are take a part in it. And I believe it's over in Europe. In the same way at the beginning of the Olympics where they're having a, a, um, a ceremony to, to kick the games off, the Commonwealth Games had a similar thing. So I'm watching this ceremony, and it starts with these crystals falling from the sky. Now, I've seen, I've seen this whole thing with these. It looks like stars falling from the sky, and I've seen this in so much art, and it's, it's really uh, an uh, allusion to um, Lucifer being kicked out of heaven. But it's always glorified like it's this like it's this magnificent and glorious moment when something from the heavens falls to bless the earth. You see the same thing in Black Panther when this vibranium falls and blesses the people. But we'll talk about that later. Put it like this. First of all, if you have a power source that does not glorify God, it is of the devil. There are no free agent spirits. Right. That is a lie that so many people have swallowed and they're choking on. If you're not choking on it now. Keep on playing with it. That's that's just the reality of it. Right. So these crystals are falling to the earth. 
And they're picked up by all this young generation because let's be honest, regardless of what you as an older person feel about the entertainment of the day, it's not catered to you. It's catered to grip the next generation. So if you really want to do something about the future, don't let your kids watch this stuff. Educate them to what it is because it's not catered to you. It's catered to them. Anyway, these young kids, they pick up these crystals and in the game, the guy says, oh, they're whispering their hopes and dreams to them. No, they're not wishing upon a fallen star. They're praying to it. That, that's what I, I, I hate the fairy tale terminology. So anyway, they are praying to these crystals. And as they're praying, the houses or their places of dwellings get lifted into the sky and it transfers them, transfers them to the to the location of the of the Commonwealth Games. And there's 72 people all together. And there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that in a second. So as they all come out of their houses, Coming down uh, the street, you see this large, gigantic bull, right? It's made of, looks like it's made of iron. It's got fire coming out of its chest. I mean, it's this very in intimidating thing, right? And you'll find that in um, a lot of, whether it's Egyptian or Sumerian, the bull was a very sacred creature, right? And it really, in most cases, represented Molech, who was the god of... Um, child sacrifice and it's you always see it like the horns anytime you look at you know egyptian or greek or sumerian mythology and you see some entity that's got horns you already know what's up right that that's what it is but anyway this bull is being carried along by this ton of women dressed in rags so these women are all slaves and servants to this thing now i don't know what they represent part of me wonders are these the mothers who have given their child to the fire of molech Right. Because Molech was the name of the of the God of child sacrifice. Right. Uh, there, there are other names like Chemosh, but I want to I want to focus on this one. Right. So the God of child sacrifice. So they bring it out here and it's this menacing creature and everybody needs to know what they're doing. So um, at the end of it, this one black girl who's still holding her crystal. And of course, she's a black girl because there's a whole lot of pandering right now to um, black minorities. But. She goes up and I believe she holds her crystal up to it to appease his anger. Now, the whole time this is going on. In the midst of the Commonwealth Games, the bull is coming from one direction. On the other side of the games, you hear this Middle Eastern music playing and this person is singing in this, you know, Middle Eastern, you know, desert sand type song that you tend to hear in a lot of cliche movies that happen in Egypt and, you know, Iran, whatever the case may be, like they they always play that whole deal. Right. And what you see is they're building the Tower of Babel all over again. And, and they, they don't hide it. They tell you, yes, they are building the Tower of Babel. Right. So when this woman holds her crystal up to the bull, it's like its chest lights up. And as the as the tower gets higher as well, at the top of it is this eye. Right. And you see that on the back of the dollar bill. And what does the eye represent? It represents the eye gate. It's a gate because what you allow in is what will possess you. Right. So whether you're watching TV and you're letting something in, whether you're listening to perverse music, right, whether whether you're eating something that's unhealthy, everything is a gate to your soul. Because remember, your body is the temple of God. That's why we have to steward it. Right. That's just that's just 
it's a it's a constant thing that we have to steward, right? So when you see this temple and at the top of it, you've got this eye and there's this light beam from the eye at the top of enlightenment into this bull's chest. And this girl, she's standing at the top of it. So I don't I don't know if she's supposed to represent the the woman. Actually, I believe she is. She's supposed to represent the woman riding the beast because she is. I believe she's on the back of the bull at one time, which means that you have 71 other young people that are down here. And they literally get down in a circle and start chanting and singing and start swaying back and forth like this. is This is straight up witchcraft. Like it's it's amazing to me. And we and, and people are just so enchanted by it. People are inspired by it and they even during the game allow other people to come down and get into the song and dance with them right it's so intentional and so when people do that you're allowing access to this god which is what it was into your own life right now i talked about the number 72 so you've got the one woman at the top which leaves 71 before we talked about Genesis chapter 11, which was talking about the Tower of Babel. However, if you go one chapter before Genesis chapter 10, you see the uh, it's it's often referred to as the Table of Nations. And it breaks down uh, the lineage of Noah's sons into about 70 nations altogether. Right. And it talks about those nations actually being split amongst the sons of God. Right. And there's also another reference in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Um, and that. In verse eight, it says, when the most high gave the nations their inheritance, when he divided all mankind, he set up boundaries for the peoples according to the number of the sons of God. Now, the first thing that we have to understand is that when we see sons of God here, it's not actually talking to those who are redeemed or those who accept God or Christ or anything like that. Here in this context and in earlier books, especially Job, which was the first written book of the Bible, even though the Torah records times before that. Uh, the sons of God actually refers to angels, right? So in this context, this uh, splitting the peoples according to the sons of God is splitting the, the nations into 70 according to fallen angels who come to possess the land like we talked about before, right? So we see that. So that explains the 70 nations. Well, where does the 71st come from? So uh, verse 9 of Deuteronomy 32 says, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is his allotted inheritance. Right. And so uh, Israel is not counted among those nations. So when at the Commonwealth Games, instead of having 70 people in this circle, but instead having 71, there's this secret acknowledgement that, hey, Israel is now a part of our group. And now we have come together united um, and we are coming back symbolically to this place from which we were dispersed. Right. And instead of uh, where the Feast of Tabernacles was a sacrificing of these bulls to show God's power over these these demonic forces that would try to possess nations. Instead, these 71 nations are coming around and worshiping at the foot of this massive bull. Anyway, that can't be missed. Like you have to understand that because most people are like, oh, that's so cool. It's so symbolic. I wonder what it means. And they give some crap definition that means nothing. It's on some some metaphorical plane that's of no use to anyone but all of these things have spiritual meanings right and I, and I think it, it bothers me so much you know and I, I've been guilty myself but it bothers me so much when we as Christians dismiss the spiritual implications of things that happen in entertainment trust me somebody didn't just have a good idea and decide that hey it would be really cool if we poured all this symbolic stuff no all of this stuff has meaning Right. Especially I, I don't know about you, but I don't I can't think of any other place in the Bible. Sorry, not even in the Bible. I can't think of any other place where reference to the Tower of Babel was good.
So for them to take the Commonwealth Games as an opportunity to celebrate the rebuilding of the Tower of Babel, that should strike a chord with someone. So you've got Molech on one side, you've got this temple to Baal on the other side, right? And so you've got all of this stuff that's going on and people don't know. People do not care. And so, look, I could go a whole lot further with this, um, but, but I just want to call to fact that whether it's in our entertainment, right, whether it's a, a, the opening induction ceremony of, of, of some Commonwealth Games or it's the fashion that you're wearing at home, right, all of this stuff is connected and we cannot afford to be ignorant to it. And I think that's probably the most infuriating thing to me is that so many people, especially people who claim to be Christian or people who've had some Christian background, it's like in our humanity, we want to condemn things that are are clearly wrong. But the subliminal stuff that we should know as Christians, we just like, well, you know, who am I to say about this, this or that? First of all, like and this is in the Bible, but it's like when I get hated about this, my wife always reminds me like, you know, these things are spiritually discerned. Right. And it's like it's a frustration because I wish more people were awake to some of this stuff. And now I have to be honest. What I don't want to confuse is this. Right. Being aware. So the Bible says that we are not unaware of the enemy's devices. Right. And we're not. But we also have to keep in mind that being aware of his devices is not the same as knowing who God is. Right. Trying to uncover conspiracies cannot take the place of trying to seek God, of seeking God for ourselves. Right. So a lot of times people try to fight about what's right and wrong. But when we do that, we're still eating from the same tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. Uh, when you look at the Genesis account, you know, when God creates humanity and he puts the tree of knowledge and the tree of life in the tree of knowledge was us was the knowledge of good and evil. So this whole bickering back and forth about what we think is right and what we think about is wrong in our humanity does not make a difference. Let me tell you something. Humanity cannot save you. Humanity cannot save you, right? If humanity could have ever saved itself, if God put half as much faith in humanity as people put in humanity, he never would have sent Jesus to die. Anyway, this podcast could go on forever. The biggest thing that I want you to do is be aware of what's going on. Because Balenciaga is not the only one. The Commonwealth Games is not the only one. There's a whole bunch of stuff out. And we're trying to call it out. Make people aware. Anyway, uh, that's all for Vertical Discourse today. I'll catch you guys next time.